Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. Oh, I see. We give the chocolate intro to the woman. Well, you sexist pigs. I really want some of those cocktails. Seriously, though, it's a liquor, it's a liqueur episode, and chocolate liqueurs can make a great after-dinner drink or something to sweeten up your cocktails. So make some sort of chocolate martini, there are a few, and join us as we have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Hi. Hi. You might notice we're not live this week, or we weren't live. Um, just a heads up. I've never I've never been alive. I've just been a figment of your all's imagination. There are some driver I'm... issues if you have uh, a new M1 Mac, yeah. which... I don't. We, NDI and M1 Mac. We, Sadness. We sprang and bought an M1 Mac Mini to start running the show from. <laughs> Everything and else was so good. <laughs> we were so excited. And then it was like, oh, crap, we got to get the drivers. And then, no, nothing would work. Well, this like, is no literally, video. The, yeah, the video, th- this is literally the only thing that I'm, I've run into an issue with so far, which is nice, at least. Uh, everything else has been going uh, very speedily. Um, yeah we haven't had any problems with it so far and i we got this awesome uh logitech keyboard that is so we we try to do bluetooth because it doesn't have a million ports or anything in the back and the keyboard will bounce it's got three different set buttons that you can bounce between um like for instance for this my the mac mini my ipad and i can set a third one and actually use the keyboard with my phone so Ooh. um it was and, and the, the keyboard wasn't even very much does it come with the mouse that no. does that as no. well okay no. but i mean you can you know it's just it's all bluetooth so i, I just up, have two the magic mouse have, is like three times as much as that keyboard oh yeah yeah I, that, yeah that was i, I have a couple computers that go into the same monitor, and I have to unplug the USB dongle oh, from one yeah. end to the other, and it would be amazing if I could just yeah no the, take it, it. it with the Bluetooth yeah like it's uh, I I've had zero problems with it so far and like the setup was stupid easy hmm. so yeah I might send you the link to that just, so yeah, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry uh, for those who usually watch live. Uh, was not live. You can you're listening to it now. So, but a benefit for I, those who are patrons because you will get an after show. Yes, I guess yeah. it's finally time we had this discussion weeks ago and can finally announce it. 
So, patrons, we we feel extremely bad that you've not been getting the bang for your buck. Uh, we still uh, very much appreciate your support through the last year of hardships, but uh, we are determined this year to uh, give you something for your patronage. And give we're you something start, good. <laughs> we're going to start giving you an exclusive uh, post-show that I think uh, we're going to call the Nightcap that's going to start coming into the Patreon feed, and uh, it'll be the four of us uh, just kind of freestyling off each other, I guess. I don't know. We don't even know. We're going to figure out. You'll you'll get the first one this week. You know, who who knows what sort of political careers you could ruin with this? (laughs) Most likely Casey's. It's gone. (laughs) Forget ruining. It's gone. That's been tanked it. (laughs) He tanked it when he opened a brewery. (laughs) Uh, take it whenever we started the show. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, check the check your feeds for that. Uh, if you're a patron, I think. Uh, well, that's probably going to be at any level. I don't think we decided. We just said patrons. Yeah, I think I, I just think yeah. if you're willing to support us, you should you should get a little little extra something. Uh, we're maybe we'll have some more ideas soon. I I don't know. Still, so we've got a lot of ideas. We need to message the the Patreon and see what they're thinking about some of the ideas we're kicking around. Because it would just really suck if we're like, hey, you guys want to do this? And they're like, no. <laughs> and we've already <laughs> paid and set something up. And then it's like, oh, well, crap. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, Casey, what have you been up to? I mean, we were, we're talking about what we've got going on for us. But, but how are how are things in the life of our of our intrepid brewer? I've been trying to find a mouse that'll do multi-pairing. Um <laughs> So, uh, we are working on a second location currently, <sighs> and so um, we'll hopefully be getting a little bit more space to brew it, and then we'll still have our old location. We still got a lease on that, so maybe opening a couple restaurants in with that. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting um, few months. I don't know when we're going to be open um, for with the new location at least. Uh, Garrett, we'll see where that I- goes. I guarantee you our attempts to meet up at that location with all of us will also go just as well as the first location. Equally yeah, Probably so. Um, we're hoping for at the original location, the OG Broken Throne will have a burger bar and we will continue to sell our beer as normal. We still have our license there um, to brew, so maybe even getting a small brew set up, and then we'll probably brew our ciders at that location. Mm-hmm. And then um, at the new location, it'll most likely be a larger venue style um, with um, uh, live music. And mm, so nice. we'll have a stage and um, a pizza oven there, and so we'll do what you would, I think, more traditionally see in some of the larger city breweries that have a little bit more space to grow into. I can uh, I can set up your lights for you. <laughs> yeah, we got the sound guy coming in on Tuesday, so <laughs> I said feel that, free to like, stop by if you want help. <laughs> I said that, and I honestly went, I honestly probably could. <laughs> we've got we've got some uh that's where most of the cost is coming in is sound and and uh audio and uh and uh lighting i almost was like you know there's some really nice quality uh led it's like you know what we could talk about this after um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways this week uh for that we've been trying out burgers and so figuring out what blend that we want um I saw some pictures and all i could think of was you 
Son of a bitch, I want that burger now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I, per- I just saw raw meat, and I was like, I yeah. want it. Yep. Mm. We we tried four different varieties, um, two 80-20 blends, a 70-30 blend, and then a Wagyu beef. Oh. Um, so we're Haven't looking. Haven't you at- done well? I <laughs> <laughs> know. Yeah, I like the. I prefer the seventy thirty. Actually, I was say a real fatty burger is actually not a bad. You're supposed to have more fat, right? You want fat? Yeah. yeah. Fatty works well, so I prefer the seventy thirty. That's my that's my go to whenever mm. I tried them. But fatty, the Wagyu fatty, comes in a second. That's pretty good. Um, definitely, you can taste the difference. It, it surprised me because I was like Wagyu in burger form, like you're already marbling it when you grind meat mm-hmm. so I, I didn't think it made that big of a difference but the fat really actually crisps up differently oh. like you get a little fat crispy bits that's fine um, rather than just like an even texture so i thought that was pretty see cool it, but you talking about this i'm just doing the uh <laughs> the little big tacos video <laughs> just, like the, the tummy pat. pat yeah i'm just mm-hmm. like mm, pat in the tummy yeah. uh, uh Casey, this reminds me. Uh, afterwards, I have to share with you uh, a video of someone uh, explaining how to make uh, uh, Taco Bell beef. Not for any professional use, but just for your own personal use. Just so I can know. Just so you can know how to make tacos, Taco Bell tacos, whenever you need. I mean, nice. Yeah. Mm, for sure. Yeah, so that's kind of where, where we're sitting on that end. Man, Growing. just the captain the- of inter- industry over there. Gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a true crazy it's gonna be a true kingdom <laughs> yeah that's oh, the, man what, you should start calling your your annex locations like you know fiefdoms or <laughs> or house of um, oh, oh like <laughs> sorry i'm just thinking of like subcategories like oh yes like you're, you're a broken throne down there there's uh the the uh uh cracked earldom there's the <laughs> yeah yeah I, I like this idea. Um, <laughs> right now, I think the most recent thing that we bat- batted around was like calling it the throne room. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got the, the when we were talking about what we wanted to do there and everything. I kind of got like the picture of that that giant great room where the king sits and you've got jesters and all kinds of people in oh, the yeah. room. So, yeah. like, you need. Uh, sorry, I'm I immediately just started <laughs> picturing like like Viking style, like oh, yeah. Yeah. Viking king, where it's like. Multiple, like you know, the big, the big hall, yeah, uh, where, like where everyone came <laughs> exactly. to like enjoy, and then yeah, like exactly. you know, the big throne there, and you just yes, you, I'm you thinking our mug, the actual our, throne. Like I know before sure. the first location opened, we all kicked around the idea that you needed to do, like the big throne for people to take pictures in, but you need to commit to doing it. Yeah, um, we've, I mean, we've, we've kind of that's that's there still, just on a back burner, I think, while we get some other things taken care of. But uh, um, the guy that's making that, he said he was going to going to start getting back in on that one. Oh. Um, I, I think our mug club needs to be drinking horns. Yes, yes. Um, you can get affordable versions of those now. So, uh, I guess I could. I, I think I know. I can kick you a couple URLs to some places. <laughs> I don't know how affordable. I'll have to browse around. I know a few places to get horns. Yeah. Um, I, I've only reached out to one person that does customizable, and they'll do personal engraving on each one um, at volume, which is the crazy oh. part. Are um, they, like, killing so... whole heads of cattle or something? <laughs> <laughs> like, 
pretty much like they were they were talking about where their their horns came from and it was like you know half the the other half of the cow goes to to make beef and then we get the horns type of thing what happened to what how'd you get all these horns once there were many buffalo (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's pretty much the way it goes (sighs) all right well uh, you know, normally, once upon a time, there was a segment of our show we had here that was about news, wasn't there? I'm I'm not imagining things, am I? No, but we we tend to get long winded, as you may have noticed, <laughs> and uh, had to spin that out so the show stayed under three hours long. <laughs> and uh, it has we 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 kept getting lost on tropical islands on our three hour tours of whatever we were talking about. Yeah. So we had to spin the news out into its own show. So you can check out this week's news episode where um, we talk about you can finally go back to drinking New Belgium if your only quarrel with them was that they got bought out by a company that was uh, profiting from genocide. Spoiler alert, yes. Yes, it was. If that's your complaint, if your complaint is still that New Belgium sold out, sorry, they can't unring that bell. Look, the... There, you know what? Never mind. You can you can hear my thoughts in the in the news, uh, but you can also find out about some uh, some uh, this week in alcohol heists. Mm-hmm. This time, a straight colonial. <laughs> this time it wasn't wine. Yeah, heists, counterfeiting, just global. Like it, it just the yeah. Dutch are involved. It was, like it just gets... it, it was it was yeah no it was literally it got super colonial. <laughs> And uh, Boulevard uh, Brewing, the newest uh, hot-button issue in the brewing industry. So uh, if you were upset with Founders, get ready to be all kinds of upset with Boulevard. <laughs> if, you, if you were upset with Founders, get ready to burn Boulevard to the ground. Well, but just, I, their, just their higher-ups, not the people. Well, I guess they had a, <laughs> basically a communist uprising, so I think they, they, they quelled it and they were able to well, take care of that one themselves. <laughs> It's true. Boulevard sees the means of production. <laughs> so yeah, if uh, if if you'd like to know about that, and uh, I don't know, maybe drunk birds, right? Yeah, birds. go check out this week's uh, news episode. And with that, we definitely have for- things to talk about. Been up that truck, seeking bastards. Been up that truck. Been up that truck. Been up that truck. So yeah, we thought we'd uh, arm arm you guys who couldn't think of some good ways to uh, wow the significant other for Valentine's Day. <laughs> or uh, yourselves, you know. Like if you're doing an anti-Valentine's Day, maybe you still just want some chocolate. Whatever. 30, 30 years and counting, baby. Um, <laughs> but we, we're going to hit you with some good recipes, some things that'll help you through the night. Uh, by the way, uh, spoiler alert, I may have invented an amazing drink. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're talking about chocolate liqueur. So if you're wanting a nice desserty, sweet sort of after-dinner drink or uh, just something to tickle your sweet tooth, mm. this this is the episode for that. Uh, pulled a lot from a couple of uh, source, uh, a couple of sources for this, uh, but uh, we will we'll probably have links in our uh, helpful things. But... Uh, <laughs> The, sh- the website, that's the thing we call it. A little hand-waving. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is. 
but yeah, uh, I also did go back. We have covered uh, uh, liqueurs vaguely before, uh, and in this particular case, a chocolate liqueur is what we're talking about. It is an alcoholic drink that uses a base such as whiskey or vodka and has chocolate in it to give it a clear chocolate taste. Hard to find other things you can put into it to give you a clear chocolate <laughs> taste, but... You never know. You know. <laughs> I, I, I am to understand dog crap does not work to give you a clear chocolate taste, so... Mm. Depends. It's very muddled. <laughs> Had the dog been eating a lot of chocolate? <laughs> well, it did. It did. It did poop itself to death. <laughs> wow, we've been real morbid tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um. Anyway, the uh, let's go a little, little history for you. Uh, yeah, anyway. The, yeah. The word uh, the word liqueur comes from the Latin word, uh, which be liquefarse, farse. Facere, uh, I don't know, it's Latin. I only took one year of it, uh, which means to dissolve or melt. Hmm. That's really what you want to think of when you're drinking things. Uh, liqueurs are generally strong alcoholic beverages made of almost neutral spirits, uh, flavored with herbs, fruits, spices, nuts, cream, or other materials, uh, and usually sweetened on top of that. Uh, liqueurs can be drunk neat or sometimes as part of a cocktail. Uh, the history of liqueurs can be traced back for centuries and historically derived from uh, herbal medicines produced by monks. Liqueurs were produced in Italy as early as the 13th century. Uh, one of these early uh, liqueurs is the liqueur uh, – early liqueurs is chartreuse, which is made by monks from an ancient recipe and is the only liqueur in the world that is completely natural – with a completely natural green color. Hear that, absinthe? <laughs> Uh, in 1605, Francois uh, Hannibal d'Este, d'Estries, I don't know. Uh, I gave you like six pronunciations while trying to do it three pick times. Yeah. Pick the one you like. The Marshal of Artillery for King Henry IV uh, gave an ancient manuscript uh, entitled An Elixir of Long Life to the Monks of a Chartreuse Monastery in Vauvert. It wasn't until 1703 that a complex recipe contained, the, uh, contained in the manuscript was fur, uh, fully unraveled and the first chartreuse elixir was made. Uh, nowadays, the gre uh, recipe for green chartreuse is known uh, as it is known is still faithful to the original manuscript of 130 plants, herbs, roots, leaves, barks, brandy, distilled honey, and sugar syrup. And I was wow. waiting for 11 herbs and spices being to be <laughs> That's mentioned. That's what Gary say. They kind of... Jumped old Colonel Sanders on that one. They went far beyond 11, yeah. Uh, well, you only really need 11. Uh, the only You're, subtle change being... Go ahead. You was going to say, you really only need one herb. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. So, uh, mm -hmm. if you look at the city the monastery was in, mm -hmm. Vuvert. Vuvert means window as one word but it's very close to the to two words green light because hmm. vert uh, is is green is, and i'm yeah. guessing vu is light so or foo actually foo instead of vu yeah uh, i was gonna say that, that that's that's probably one of those just happy coincidences mm. um 
It sounds <laughs> remarkably like furt, which we all know is the mating call of the panted frog. <laughs> <laughs> that took me a second. <laughs> that the mating call of the felt frog was suey. Um, anyway, the uh, the only subtle changes to this uh, recipe, by the way, were subtle changes to allow the original elixir to be adapted from 71% alcohol to 142% uh, yeah, 142% proof to 55% alcohol and 110 proof. Uh, so. Bit down there. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> Really kind of a depressing <laughs> thing there. Knocked it down a bit. <laughs> uh, and such is the senior, uh, secrecy of the recipe and the 130 herbs contained within that at any one time, only three monks know the secret manuscript, and to guard against this demise, they never traveled together. Oh. Wow. Good call. It's like the yeah. two people who know the recipe to Coca-Cola. Yeah. That's a myth. I can't remember what I was watching a video I was talking about. Yeah. Like, there's actually thousands of people uh, because the people who make it every day have yeah. to know the recipe. Yeah. Right. Well, not necessarily. Just stab myself. Uh, uh, because the ones that make it from, like, uh, they get a syrup. Well, and they not, just mix the syrup. There's not only one recipe. Like, it's regionalized. Mm -hmm. So, within North America, there's, like, five different recipes to Coca-Cola. Like the every, within every region, it's changed towards tastes there, because again, as we know, there's the the phenomenon of the Mexican Coke. You know, we need to do an but that's on just a different sugar. Yeah, we do. Is that all? Is that the only I mean, difference? That uh, would I would uh, my understanding is that the they want a Coke to taste like a Coke, no matter if you're in. In Japan or in Kentucky, they want no matter where in the world you go for you to get the same. True enough, um, but if Japan flavor. doesn't have the same palate as Kentuckians, they want to better cater to that audience. But there are like it's there are thousands of people who know the recipe to Coca Cola. Anyway, well, there is mention in French of producing and selling chocolate. And liqueur as early as 1666, which was not a good year in London, by the way. Uh, <laughs> context suggests that there, uh, this is a chocolate liqueur, not a chocolate liquor or a cocoa bean extract, nor any other kind of chocolate-flavored beverage. Uh, in New England, prior to the 18th century, American uh, uh, American century. Yeah. That's a weird sentence. In New England, prior to the 18th century American Revolution, a chocolate wine was popular. Uh, its ingredients included sherry, port, chocolate, and sugar, because almost every recipe in New England in the 18th century included sherry and port. <laughs> I'm making a roast pig. Pour a sherry and port inside the pig. For what purpose? I don't know. Because. <laughs> uh, anyway, the its ingredients... Uh, sorry. The French manual published uh, in 1780 also described uh, tr uh, de describes chocolate liqueur. In 1803, French pharmacy manual in, uh, includes a recipe for chocolate liqueur, uh, Ratafia de Chocolat, uh, also Ratafia de Cacao. Uh, in early 19th century American cookbook, uh, published in 1825 and preserved in a historical archive in South Carolina, 
Yeah, it seems what they'd be preserving down there. Uh, includes a similar recipe. Uh, throughout the 19th century and into the 20th century, manuals and encyclopedias in French, English, Span and Spanish give similar recipes. The 19th century food science manual gives a recipe that includes uh, techniques for clarifying and coloring liqueur. Uh, and similar early 20th century manual gives four recipes in 19... Uh, Four recipes, sorry. In 1994, there were several brands of chocolate liqueur on the market, which is attributed to the 1990s chocolate craze. As opposed um, to, like, any other chocolate? Was there just always a chocolate craze? Like, what is that? No, I think there was a boom of, like, just different chocolate brands. You know, your your Dunkaroos, your... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's your back, Deli and, and, you know... Dunkaroos are back, by the way. Hmm. Uh but I will say that there are basically only three uh, – they break it down to basically there's three types of chocolate liquors or liqueurs or however you want to uh, – and we are going to go over those next. Yes. Um, so the basic liqueur is strong and sweet alcoholic drink that uses distilled spirits flavored with chocolate and often with sugar added. I'm on board for this already, you know. Uh, it's similar to cordials and schnapps and doesn't contain any cream. <clears throat> this means the color is either clear or a shade of brown. Um, example brands include Godiva, which I'm sure everyone's seen that pretty signature bottle um, pretty much everywhere. Uh, Crave chocolate truffle liqueur. Mozart black, mm. which is dark chocolate. Uh, Patron, or Patron, which I did not know had this. And I'm like, huh. Uh, XO Cafe Dark Cocoa. Uh, this is made with tequila, Yeah, I saw Patron had made one, and I was just kind of like, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it sounds horrendous, and yet I want to try it. <laughs> uh, Sabra Liqueur, which is dark chocolate and, uh, is it Jaffa? Jaffa Oranges? Dude, cho dark chocolate and orange together are just, is just like one of the best flavors in the world. Uh, and then Thornton's Chocolate Liqueur. Then, uh, then of course, you have the other category, basically, of chocolate cream liqueurs. So this, of course, you've got Bailey's. <laughs> Bless you. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, the uh, only major difference in this being this cream. one has cream. Yeah. like <laughs> This one will spoil. Yes. <laughs> and you might want to refrigerate it. Uh, Bailey's yeah. Chocolate Luxe. Uh, actually, probably Chocolat Luxe. Cadbury. Cadbury cream liqueur. I've, yeah. I, would, I would very much like to find a Cadbury. <laughs> Dooley's white chocolate cream liqueur. Godiva white chocolate. Mozart gold chocolate cream liqueur. Um, there's also creme liqueur. A creme liqueur has more sugar added, and is often a thicker texture. Uh, yeah, it doesn't it always have <laughs> doesn't always have cream in it, but has a consistency that's thicker than the standard liqueur. Hence the name. That's what she said. Yep. Uh, creme de cacao is also used as a term for these drinks. Um, they make, uh, is it bowls like a brand or bowls? Balls. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to go there. Uh, they make uh, both it's the pretty popular. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, You've seen the bottle. <laughs> oh, oh, that. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Um, both, uh, they make both a light and dark creme de cacao, as does, uh, I never know how to say this brand at all. The Kuiper. The Kuiper. 
not even kind of what that looks like. The Kuiper belt, you know. <laughs> uh, so Krem- the Kuiper belt. It's it's between. Uh, <laughs> it's like just outside the the solar system, and it's filled with uh, bottles, like spent <laughs> bottles of uh, cream liqueur. Uh, creme de cacao may be either clear or dark caramel color, which is often labeled dark creme de cacao. The French word creme refers to the creamy texture of this very sweet liqueur, achieved by having a sugar content of at least 250 grams per liter, I'm assuming that is, as required by European law, and there is no dairy cream in it. Uh, so it's just like all sugar all the time. Uh, so invented Whip it in like icing. Yeah, basically. You're drinking chocolate icing. Congratulations. I mean, um, <laughs> there's no part of like that that ten, doesn't sound appetizing. I know, I'm just like, are any of us T- sad about old it? Me, no. <laughs> ten-year-old me would have been down until you said chocolate. Ah. Well, he said icing, and I was like, huh? Oh, chocolate. Uh, invented in France, it's likely that creme de cacao was first created in the late 16th century when monasteries began distilling seed and nut liqueurs. Sipped on its own throughout the 1800s, it did begin appearing as a mixer in drinks until the turn of the century. Most famously, by, by the, sorry. Oh, go ahead, finish that up. <laughs> Most famously, shaken with uh, equal parts gin and cream in the Alexander, a precursor to the Brandy Alexander, which rose to fame a few decades later. So I was just going to joke that the uh, the monasteries uh, distilling seeds and nuts, that's the sort of stuff that happens when you're locked in, you know, <laughs> you locked me. in a building with like 50 other men with nothing to do and you can't have sex. <laughs> See, I was going to say, oh, monasteries have been distilling uh, nut liqueur since uh, the dawn of time. Hmm. <laughs> let's let's step back. <laughs> Always a good choice there. Uh, yeah. Did I hear gin and cream? That sounds disgusting. (laughs) Juniper and cream. I can't. No. I actually can't. I mean, sure, why not? I mean, you only die once. (laughs) No. Uh, Okay, finally, uh, that that one comes in two varieties. They're dark and white, obviously, because chocolate. Uh, Commonly used in mocha martinis or coffee drinks. Mocha martini sounds fantastic. Um, the sweet syrup may also be used to pour over desserts and ice cream. That's fine, too. You just lost me at the gin, but maybe the cream and or chocolate, like, hide the gin. Well, that's that's <laughs> the original Alexander, not the brandy Alexander, which, right, uh, right, that's true. you know, is a... Yeah, never mind. I'm not, I'm not singing brandy. <laughs> well, um... Speaking of the Brandy Alexander, let's get into some cocktails. I will say that I do have limits, and it's it's that song. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Casey doesn't. It's that song and Muskrat Love. Those are the lines I won't cross. <laughs> oh, Muskrat Love. For those of you who might be needing a little extra hand uh, for Valentine's Day, cooking up something a little special, let's, let's go through some quick recipes here. Can... Yeah, these these I uh, these are all pulled from Spruce Eats. So if you know you think ours are incoherent, go look at their very long, unnecessarily long uh, <laughs> recipes. They usually have some some decent. Um, stuff they on do, there. but they also like at their last step for every recipe is serve and enjoy. That's a waste. <laughs> yes, that's what you're going to do with it. 
<laughs> I thought I was going to dump it directly every, in the toilet. Every cooking thing <laughs> always directly. says crap like that. I'm like, uh, <laughs> make this elaborate drink, dump it in the toilet, and just drink the vodka straight. <laughs> you have now made an elaborate uh, rusty nail. What should you do with it? Pour it in the toilet and drink that scotch straight. <laughs> Heck yeah. All right, so the Brandy Alexander... Uh, is a luscious cocktail that charmed drinkers for most of the 20th century and hasn't lost any appeal. It's not overly sweet, although it is indulgent, and the simple recipe finds a perfect balance between just three ingredients. The cocktail was not necessarily designed to be a chocolate cocktail in the modern sense. Instead, it should have a hint of chocolate flavor, accenting the cream and brandy. This is one of the great retro brandy cocktails, and the recipe could not be easier. One part each of brandy, dark creme, de cacao, and cream. Some like to go heavy on the brandy, but the classic <laughs> recipe is as good as it gets. Uh, ingredients, one ounce of brandy, one ounce cream de cacao dark, one ounce cream, garnish with nutmeg, freshly ground. Okay. So, it sounded... That first creme de cacao sounded like they were drinking it, you know, in the 1940s <laughs> in France. But it was a different kind of France. <laughs> creme de cacao? <laughs> oh, so the steps, you're going to, in a cocktail shaker filled with ice cubes, pour the brandy, creme de cacao, and cream, and shake well. Strain into a chilled cocktail glass and garnish with the dusting of nutmeg. Serve and enjoy. <laughs> I I've never heard of this drink until this episode. No, I've, I've sounds... heard of this drink before. Well, you were a bartender too, to be fair. <laughs> okay, touche. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it sounds quite fine. Like, I would totally drink the crap out of this. Okay, I'm gonna give you later. You'll find out that I've made a new variant tonight. <laughs> That you will probably enjoy more. Oh. All right. Well, our next uh, recipe is going to be the Friar Tuck. This, the creamy and by the way, I just want to say this list was 20 long that I found on this page. These are the four or five that made it. And Friar Tuck made it almost entirely because of its name <laughs> and, and one ingredient. And Casey will know exactly why once he hears the name of the, uh, the one ingredient. I have no doubt for anything you just said. Yeah. All right. So the Friar Tuck's a creamy and delightful cocktail recipe fe featuring Frangelico. <laughs> the Friar Tuck <laughs> number one is one of those fun throwback drinks likely from the 1980s. But wait, you might also want to try the Friar Tuck number two. It's one of the most common variations of the original drink, though there are many more that have not been devised over the years. Uh. They're entirely different, but the one ingredient that each recipe has in common is Frangelico. The hazelnut liqueur, first created by Italian monks, the bottle is still adorned with the rope and belt, and this connection led to the drink's name. The Friar Tuck number one Frangelico is paired with dark creme de cacao and cream, while the Friar Tuck number two has lemon juice, grenadine, and usually brandy. Gonna step back Which, and say chocolate with those things. Gross. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, number two is not the recipe we have listed here because it sounded gross. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that, 
Number two uh, is no. Even its yeah. name does. <laughs> right. So number two, they're like just directly in the toilet with that one. Number uh, number one, however, uh, gets at least some Mrs. Butterworths. <laughs> because right. that's what yeah. Frangelico is. Yep. I was going to say, I don't know what Frangelico is. I've never had it. Uh, if you go into a liquor oh. store, Brittany, and you Look think you Mrs. found and you think you found a bottle of Mrs. Butterworths, <laughs> you have found Frangelico. It's a hazelnut liqueur. Oh, okay. That sounds good. Then. All right. So, <laughs> ingredients. You need one ounce of Frangelico, one ounce of dark creme de cacao, two ounces of cream. Garnish with nutmeg. Hey. Uh, your steps. You're going to pour the ingredients into a cocktail shaker filled with ice. Shake well. Strain into a chilled cocktail glass and dust with nutmeg. Hmm. Yeah. They're, they're basically the same kind of thing, just now it's Frangelico. Which sounds fine then, you know. Frangelico is is a real nice drink, uh, real nice liqueur. Uh, that said, it it forever holds a special place in my heart of like me, Casey, and our friend Matt finding it going. Mrs. Butterworth, right? Bring that over here. <laughs> delicious. Uh, it's also delicious. Uh, and I really want to make pancakes and cover it in Frangelico instead of syrup one time. Oh heck yeah! Uh... I'll get drunk, but. That's your Waffle House, like, 2 a.m. visit, pancakes. No, waffle, mm. waffles instead of pancakes. I think waffles, waffles are better. waffles are superior. <laughs> no, yeah. not not always. Nope, but... that's wrong. That's really <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Look, there's a difference between pancakes you may be thinking of. I'm thinking of pancakes that are at least an inch thick. I oh, that. that's bad. I, I want that. those. So you're, you're all wrong. And <laughs> I want those Japanese pancakes that are, like, oh, two the... inches thick or something. Like, like the they're those yeah. like massively thick ones. I, like, I have no, not I seen these, but I now want them. Go, go Google oh Japanese goodness. pancakes. Yeah, it's like Do the it. hotness right they now. They are. I don't know how they get them so thick. I really don't. Yeah. I right. need to know this. <laughs> Try to type in Japanese thick. <laughs> I mean, you do you. You wouldn't believe what was already in this history. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. All right. Uh, well, Speaking of pancakes. While Justin Googles Japanese thick, we're going to talk about the dark and fluffy. <laughs> Truly indulgent, the dark and fluffy is a chocolate cocktail lover's dream. It's a marshmallow. Also favorite, Gabriel Iglesias. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I hate him with every ounce of my being. I've Fair been enough. forced through like three of his stand-up specials and didn't laugh once. All right. Fair enough. I can't stand him. It's Damn. a marshmallow vodka drink that is guaranteed to take care of your sweet tooth, and it's very easy to mix up. Cocktail was designed to feature Smirnoff fluffed marshmallow vodka, and it's a perfect mix for it. You'll enjoy how the sweet vodka finds a balance with luscious cream and the rich flavor of Godiva dark chocolate liqueur. It's a fun twist on standard chocolate martini. No. All right. Ingredients. Two ounces of marshmallow vodka, Smirnoff marshmallow. Two ounces of chocolate liqueur, Godiva dark chocolate. Uh, one ounce cream. Garnish with three or four mini marshmallows. Or just a fistful. I mean, <laughs> up to you. <laughs> treat, treat it like, a, treat it like a, uh, a hot chocolate when you have mini marshmallows. Just, bah. Yeah. You could you could be a true, uh, true Chad there and pull out your uh, butane pocket torch and toast those marshmallows put some real flair to it garnish with uh cocoa powder hmm. so uh your steps in a cocktail shaker filled with ice pour the vodka liqueur and cream shake well 
Strain into a chilled cocktail glass. Garnish with the marshmallows. Uh, pull out your butane torch and hit it with a little fire. Sprinkle with the powder. You, you may have noticed a recurring theme in a bunch of these. <laughs> Put them into a shaker, shake it, and then just pour it into a martini glass. Yeah. By the way, Brittany, if you're Do curious what this looks like, you can click on the link for Dark and Fluffy and see what that... I This does not sound good to me. Only because so often... Oh, yeah. I mean, it looks good, honestly. But, like, I don't trust marshmallow-flavored things. I love marshmallowy stuff. But when mm. you get to, like, marshmallow um, syrups or, or drinks like that, it just makes me nervous because they don't often taste marshmallow <laughs> and you get like also, a weird th- aftertaste. Also, I thought the mochatini was, was in this list, but uh, I think I cut it for one of the other ones later. Oh, eh. uh, That's basically just the same thing that Chris just described, but uh, you have vanilla vodka and coffee liqueur. So like Kahlua or something. Yeah. I mean, that sounds fine too. <laughs> All right. Casey. All right. Do not <laughs> mix that uh, toaster, uh, not toaster, your torch, though, with the cocoa powder. Oh, it no. It's horribly. Oh, powder what after. If... No, no, no. You put some non-dairy creamer on there, and as you're adding it, actually, just torch up the, the marshmallows. <laughs> you're just trying to cause someone to blow themselves up. <laughs> I just uh, Do not sent you all the... a video. The advice of uh, a have a drink show is not <laughs> actual advice. Please do not do that. Uh, you, know you, can they... create, you can create a uh, a uh, one of those things called silo fire <laughs> with with non dairy creamer. Um, do you know what else they call it whenever you do that? Oh dear, no. Death by chocolate. Dun 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 dun. Which is also the name of an appropriately named cocktail. Uh, it's heavy on the chocolate and guaranteed to kill your sweet tooth craving. I mean, I'm, I guarantee I'm not, it. Am I purple? You are purple. You, you, you have always been purple. I know, but purple's Brittany's favorite color, so sometimes I feel like... You've gone full well, Thanos. to be fair, though, all the colors that we use are my favorite colors. Orange, purple, and green. Oh, okay, well, green. that works out. <laughs> no, okay, no, yeah. no. You know, never mind. I about went very specific, because it's not just orange, purple, and green. It's, they are, it's they are numerical, orange exact one. colors, and it's... Shh, shh, it's fine. Let's... Let it be. Um, so, one Let blender... Makes a pretty tall one for one person. So you might want to grab a few uh, fellow chocoholics to share it with. For a frozen vodka cocktail, it does not get much more indulgent than this recipe. The layers of chocolate begin with ice cream, which is backed up by chocolatey syrup and liqueur. Mm -hmm. This one's like, uh, is this close to the mudslide? It's, it it seems like it's very close to a mudslide. Like as they were describing this, how I would end up making this working when I was, you know, when I was bartending for a chain restaurant, it'd be like, yeah, it's fine. You'd put all this stuff in there and then on the glass, you would drizzle some Hershey, sh- Hershey syrup. Yeah. Mm. Not even because it's going to make any different flavor, but it's going to get some contrast and they'll just look at it and go, oh, look how good that looks. <laughs> I could make, uh, I could make a mudslide that made, you know, chocolate people like lose their minds. And I hate chocolate. <laughs> So you could take a cup of crushed ice, two scoops of chocolate ice cream. I prefer vanilla, but that's okay. If you're going to do death by chocolate, go chocolate. Yeah, you got to go all uh, 
an ounce of chocolate syrup, an ounce of coffee liqueur, which actually makes chocolate taste more like chocolate, an ounce of cream de cacao liquor, the dark, um, an ounce of vodka, because nothing else there has alcohol in it. Uh, then you garnish it with whipped cream and a cherry. Uh, again, you blend everything except for the two garnishes, pour it into a uh, stem glass or a hurricane glass, and then top it with the cream and cherry. Then you've also got an adult's chocolate drink. A cocoa old fashioned. This uh, one right here, I saw this and I went, This, this is the one for us. <laughs> chocolate is the featured flavor in uh, this cocoa old fashioned, but it comes in two very interesting sources. First is the rye whiskey, which obtains its chocolatey flavor from a three day infusion of cacao nibs. Jesus. The second chocolatey element is from a few dashes of bitters, which add a sweet and spicy touch. That works wonderfully for this drink. Unlike I, other chocolate drinks. I was going to say, I have some uh, Aztec chocolate bitters mm. that I briefly considered trying to make an old-fashioned like this recipe was talking oh, yeah. about. And then I was like, I don't have enough for it. You know, I'm going to have fun trying a, trying a drink that I know I, 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 I'm not sure if I like or not, rather than <laughs> go play with it. Yeah. Uh, Unlike other chocolate drinks, though, this one's not sweet. It's a nicely balanced drink that may transform your thoughts of what chocolate can do in cocktails. So you want to infuse the whiskey first. So you'll take a bottle of rye and a quarter cup of cacao nibs and let them sit infusing together for about three days. Um, then you'll take one brandy cherry, one half orange slice, a half ounce of Demerara sugar, three dashes of mole bitters, and then combine that with two and a half ounces of the chocolate-infused rye whiskey you made in the first step. Uh, you're going to take that uh, and basically, in an old-fashioned glass, because what else would you use? You would add, mm -hmm. combine them all together. I like the idea of muddling them. Some people don't like that idea. They just like to have the the, the individual pieces in there, but not really I, I don't think it's... I don't think it's an old-fashioned unless you muddle at least some of the ingredients. I know, and and some people are more like, uh, "Don't give me an orange now, slice, give me an orange peel." I do, I do prefer a peel, but I think you need to have like some stuff in there as you're muddling. Yeah, um, and then ice in the whiskey on top, stir it lightly, and that's it. This sounds wonderful, but also like a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, it does, but like it's one of those things that, as I read it, I went, I. I could see Casey going, yeah, I could infuse some rye whiskey. Let me just set that oh, yeah. in there, see how this turns out. Oh, I'm going to do it. I've got uh, – <laughs> I, I bought some cacao nibs to to mess around with for something else that I was doing. And so there I've got some no pals. doubt in my mind you already <laughs> had cacao nibs. Yeah, that's <laughs> – to dump them in the brew kettle, right? <laughs> well, I was looking more on like post brew, like aging. Like how do you how do you deal with cacao nibs in the post brew mm. rather than in the kettle? Need you a gypsum mine. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds should... really interesting. Yeah, uh, this one this one was the one I thought we would all be most excited for. There was a bunch of other ones, but honestly, a lot of them are basically just put into a cocktail shaker and mix. It's basically just all like the martini style. Yeah. Uh, which are fine, uh, but a lot of chocolate drinks are just going to sort of kind of run together after a while. Yeah, then at that point, it's just like slightly buzzed chocolate in a in a, in a drink. Mm -hmm. mm. Oh, um, well, go ahead. Sorry, uh, that, we haven't got there yet. I was going to say something about Bob's drink, but we haven't got to that <laughs> point yet. Well, we're, we're almost of which... there. I think. <laughs> yes, uh, speaking of that. 
Drink with me, friend. Uh, yes. So, uh, unfortunately, this makes me very sad. But because we have a stupid amount of beer, like, <laughs> an, an, it's an absurd amount. All of the beer, beer I've bought for the last two or three weeks, it's just fresh. I can't. There's no refrigerator to put it in. Like, there's no space. Yes. So it's a uh, drinking what's what's in there to get to get more. Look, there's stuff yeah. left over from New Year's that I still yeah. can't fit in a refrigerator. <laughs> so uh, instead of because I, otherwise, I think I would have gone like Godiva or maybe Bailey's, but definitely probably one of one of these like um, like the old fashioned one actually sounded pretty good. But either way. Uh, I decided to go at least in the spirit of this episode and went with a Better chocolate touch. beer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is, and I, apparently I checked into the wrong one, but whatever. It's it was, our brownies <laughs> are made with love. Oh, well, it's, it says chocolate fudge brownie on the thing. But either way. So this is a, co- a collaboration beer between Listerman Brewing here in the Cincinnati and Phase 3. Uh, Phase three is in what? Chicago? Chicago. 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 Yeah, and I have not had anything from Phase three that I have not like absolutely loved. <laughs> I'm fully on like their uh, smoke always gives me uh, their fruited uh, sours, and mm-hmm. I'm like nectar is what they call the series, and I'm full like they nectar do is a it. good word for it. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> no, they they're doing this better than almost anyone I, i've given up on anyone else doing like these heavily fruited beers i'm like i'm gonna stick with urban artifact and phase three because they're those two are doing it better than anybody else yeah mm-hmm. so but this of course very different than the uh the fruited beer thing so this is an imper- a barrel aged imperial stout 14 percent alcohol <laughs> uh and in the spirit of the chocolate liqueurs this is an imperial brownie stout with chocolate vanilla brownie mix and lactose all aged in bourbon barrels <laughs> <laughs> and it's delicious and almost gone <laughs> uh it is very tasty chris tried some too and it's like Rich. oh my gosh it's 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 definitely you get some chocolate let me just say that <laughs> like it really is he i think he described it initially as uh you just put some bourbon in a brownie batter <laughs> <laughs> that's where we're at and i'm totally okay with it it's it's fantastic <laughs> uh, that sucker in the oven yeah mm. oh now one actual brownie. there's an idea my, my mother uh, sorry my roommate's mother makes a uh it's not a freudian thing it's just i lost track of what i was trying to say uh she makes a uh, thing of brownies that he gets every christmas ish and i'm pretty sure she drizzles some like caramel in the middle of these brownies. And so now I'm just picturing those brownies just with bourbon barrels. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's about right. Bob. All right. So, uh, I was going to make a, uh, uh, brandy Alexander. Mm-hmm. I didn't have milk. Seems important. Yeah. It does seem important. <laughs> Some kind of cream. So instead, I used Bailey's cream liqueur, Irish milk, right, to take the one thing that wasn't alcoholic out of that recipe and make it alcoholic. So I'm calling this a Bailey's Alexander. Nope. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
face. He's like Brandy Alessander. <laughs> Alessander. Because uh... Alessander is the Irish equivalent of Alexander. Okay, uh... fair. No, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I think Casey, he's got uh, cut and paste that into my into the title <laughs> for my thing there because I don't know. Yep. Uh, I don't know how to spell that. Uh, the brand, man, I don't know. Style, I made it up. Strength, <laughs> it's strong. Style is just cocktail. Uh, <laughs> strength, it's strong. Uh, <laughs> and uh, this is pretty good. Basically, I just poured equal parts uh, brandy, uh, which the one I'm using is uh, Paul Masson's brandy, which I've had forever. I'm saying it looks like uh, that bottle's had some hits on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Look, I may have poured two of these over the course of the show. Um, I also grabbed some uh, dark cream de cacao uh, that I had uh, that I bought today. That's super cheap, hmm. and uh, just some Bailey's original Irish cream. Just more or less equal parts over ice. Uh, I don't have a shaker, so I just stirred them very hard and then <laughs> uh, strained it into uh, well, the only glass I have that's stemmed, and. Uh, <laughs> It works out. That's a beer's They're, giving glass. It is it? a beer's giving glass. It gets a lot of work in this apartment. Double O seven would be highly upset. I, look, I don't care. <laughs> uh, but it is a. Uh, it's real nice. I mean, Bailey's is pretty strong in it. Like you're just gonna taste a lot of cream, but you get enough of a little extra alcoholic bite from uh, everything else, and it really makes the chocolate like a lot stronger. So it's it's pretty good. Uh, it's also uh, not it'll get you drunk is what I'm trying to get at so I mean, uh, be careful yeah. Brandy and Bailey's maybe yeah. Brandy, Bailey's and some cream to cacao I mean what, whatever here what, what were you going to drive tonight no not when you're drinking this <laughs> alright well um, I'm not driving either but I'm not drinking anything nearly that uh involved so i'm having a in in the spirit of things i'm having a black is beautiful from Streetside brewery this is an imperial stout with macadamia and coke it says and coconut coffee i'm thinking oh. they mean macadamia nut coconut and coffee you don't know uh 10 alcohol and uh it's absolutely delicious and honestly there's, I don't know anyone that hasn't had a variety of the Black is Beautiful beers and have this one and not consider this one of the like top three. It is okay. phenomenal. How many people are putting macadamia yeah. in their stouts? You don't hear that. And it stands out. It's an awesome flavor in there. And Streetside does coconut better than most. Mainly because they didn't know how to do coconut in the beginning, so they just dumped <laughs> a crap ton of it. <laughs> so they're using like triple the amount that they should because they're like we don't know what the saturation volume is going to be and how much like what's going to soak up oh, and then in uh, the end they just like it's like here's liquid coconut <laughs> my uh, uh, friend of mine that works at a, at a brewery that's not Casey uh, <laughs> that really limits it down to who I could be talking about but Bob has still... a type <laughs> Uh, he was telling me about them, uh, you know, trying to make a coconut dark stout uh, that that maybe we've had before, and uh, just the mess that all because they just went, how much should we put? I don't know, and they just dumped a whole bunch in there, but the coconut like 
fused all together at the bottom of their uh, yep. uh, their vat, and they just went, oh, God. <laughs> so they had to, like, get down in there and, like, hand pull out, like, just... He, he told me afterwards, like, I can't even look at coconut anymore. It's just... <laughs> it's awful. That's amazing. I love coconut. And stuff gets in. It does not want to come out. <laughs> And that's, I think that's a flaw with, with the way they design fermenters. Cause the <laughs> they were designed put, for coconut. <laughs> the hole to put it in is like a foot and a half wide, but the hole it comes out is an inch and a half. Don't you just <laughs> hate so, that? <laughs> I'm just saying you can get things in that you can't get out. <laughs> I mean... You're... <laughs> uh, your, your, uh... <laughs> It can write checks your fermenter can't cash. Um, <laughs> oh, it hurts. All right. So uh, on my end, I'm having a beer, uh, a Modelo. But since we are talking chocolate liqueurs, at least it's the Negra Modelo. That's that's a good one, actually. That's a good a go-to for for me. It's a, it's a, as far as Bud Miller cores, those brands go. And actually, this one's Constellation now. So, yeah. not Just even watch out for glass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No chips around the edges. I mean, they put like metal flakes around the edges of theirs. So, I mean, you can kind of tell how Look, much they I, feel I, about. I'm almost certain that's what uh, Goose Island does with all of their beer. <laughs> Just, Just put metal, metal shavings into it. Just whatever. They won't know. Why not? Um, uh, 19 IBUs, 5.4%. It's a Dunkel style, but I mean, it's Americanized Dunkel. So, um, uh, do, do you really call that Americanized, though? Yeah. Eh, kind of. Maybe internationalized would be a better term. Uh, I think Americanized. I know a lot of people are going to think U.S., but I mean, it's packaged and sold as though it were a south of the border brand. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Mexico is part of America. Yeah, not, that's what I'm saying. Not not United States of, but saying an American <laughs> dunkel, I believe is accurate. Huh. Okay. Um, 19 IBUs, 3.3 caps in uh, Untapped, and 77% in uh, Beer Advocate. All right. Good strong go-to for a lot of people for a long time. Yeah. yeah. It's not bad. I definitely. Um, after having last weekend, I think I had. The Coronas, a 12-pack oh, of Oh, you too? Oh, never mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a 12-pack of Coronas. This is a good one. Um, <laughs> so uh, this week, switching over to this one, uh, this is the only beer from a macro brewer I've ever had that has body to it. If you haven't had one in a while, pick it up and just feel the mouthfeel. Mm, it's okay. thick. It's, I, it's, if we go to a Mexican restaurant or something like that, like that's... That is genuinely my my pick every time. Like it's because yeah. I I, uh, I also cannot stand Corona. <laughs> like I just I mean fair. I I remember seeing pictures of uh of the the Corona uh, purchase, and it's just, all I could think of was like, I mean, sometimes you just want to go out and grill, and yeah. that's. Mm. I mean, that's like like I I was like grilling burgers one day, and I was like, "What do you want?" I screwed. I'm getting a land shark. Yeah. Just want something light to go with a big fatty burger or something. Yeah. Uh, this I, mean, I had this with lime 
and it was pretty good like that. I actually enjoyed it. So I don't know. Dunkle with lime. To go with that. Well, yeah, it's a different. In a number of the beer groups I'm on in Facebook, you'll see people in nice weather out grilling. It's like, what's everybody drinking? And then they have like 450 North uh, slushy beers that are just like imploding with fruit and everything. (laughs) Grilling, drinking it. Or they have like big pastry stouts that they're drinking when it's like 98 degrees outside and a thousand percent humidity and it's just like no you aren't enjoying anything you're wishing you were dead (laughs) those are marinades you're in the midwest oh my god now casey you've opened up a whole new door i just like oh throw your chicken in a like a mango slushy stout yeah slushy whatever we need to we that's an episode when summer comes someone needs to get out there so I feel like that's going to be the summer beer this year from Off Color. So they do. They've started the Beer Four series, a, where they need to do a special cooking episode. I was going to say that's an IGTV together. post, honestly. The, well, Off Color is formulating beers for speci- to be paired with specific things. So they had beer for golf, so it's like the perfect golf beer. Beer for tacos. It was a beer designed to be drank while you're eating tacos. They had beer for pizza. A lot of people said it tasted like RC Cola. But they need I mean, to do that like, seems a, like what's right for pizza. Yeah. But they need to do beer for grilling, like the perfect uh, beer to have yeah. while you're out grilling. God, I, I literally while you're the out only grilling reason... or while you're eating food that's been grilled. No, while you're grilling. While you're the dude okay. standing there with an apron and and tongs. Uh, you can see the can art. It's got that little hand drawn mouse outstanding in front of the grill with a spatula. You know, it's... looking all cute, doing his mm. thing. I see. Oh God, literally the Neither. only reason I want a house right now is a grill. Is that weird? <laughs> I just want to grill every food I find. I'm just thinking now. I was like, okay, so that's got to be like a low ABV kind of thing. You got to keep kind of keep working and keep your attention going while you're hmm. <laughs> yeah, working with flames. This is definitely yeah. gonna be a, a like a, a special stream slash like Instagram live situation for us. Like we're just gonna be grilling everything. All right. <laughs> All right. I think that that's it here. All right. You can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrakeshow.com. Follow us at haveadrakeshow on social media and twitch.tv. Don't forget, you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback at feedback at haveadrakeshow.com, or you can use the feedback page on the website. Uh, still waiting on my carrier pigeons to return. Uh, I'm afraid someone has killed them. <laughs> this winter. The bad winter for the they, pigeons. They could have cut... They, the, the pigeons could have caught the Rona. <laughs> it's the avian Rona. They, they, then they got the then they got the bird Rona. Bird Rona. Mm. All right. All joking fun aside, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. Yes, and you can catch us another couple of weeks for the next live episode. And once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. Uh, I'm Christopher Walker. I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. My, 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 Birdrona. You CPR on the bird to the Birdrona. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>